0: Have you got Ramo yet? Sup, y'all!
1: Welcome on into the Go Balls Twenty Four Seven Podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio, and as you can tell. By the truncated version of this, of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the Govall's twenty four seven podcast coming to you on just a beautiful, beautiful Monday. Joined by uh, our good friend, let's go across town. Uh, join the the one, the only Ryan Callahan from his clown car full of children, his home daycare center. Ryan, would you please be so good as to tell the people why we have yet another breaking news edition of the Govall's twenty four seven podcast?
0: Yeah, because for the fifth time in a little more than a month, Tennessee has added to its twenty twenty two recruiting class. Uh, this time with a a bit of an under the radar prospect in some ways, but one that we wrote about a couple months ago on on GoVols twenty four seven for the first time, and uh, and one that Tennessee staff clearly likes quite a bit. Uh, Brian Grant, an offensive tackle from uh, Chocowatchee High School, I believe. I hope I am not slaughtering that name, but no, I, I believe think that's, that's right. Correct. I think that's correct. In um, uh, in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, uh, a a, a good looking athletic, six foot eight, 200. He says he's now 273 pounds, but, but somewhere in the 260 to 275 range, uh, pound offensive tackle. And really we say offensive tackle. He played, he's played one year of high school football. And last year he played on the defensive line uh, exclusively. So this is a, a projection that clearly Tennessee and some other teams really like him on the offensive line based on what they saw from him on film last year, uh, just sort of taking what they saw on the defensive line and projecting it and looking at his bend, mostly it sounds like, and just his overall athleticism and saying, man, there's a ton of upside there on the offensive line. And so this is a, a guy that Tennessee offered within literally the first two weeks of Josh Heupel being hired at Tennessee. He was one of the first class of 2022 offensive tackles they, they offered. Uh, I think that's certainly worth noting. And they've recruited him really hard the past few months. Uh, got him on campus last month. Uh, even though it was a dead period he came up for the for the spring game and really liked uh, uh, everything he saw on campus and around town while he was in the area and Tennessee you know didn't have a ton of competition for him yet one other power five offer Maryland was the other one um, but Tennessee made, made the push and 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 obviously liked him enough to take him early with a lot of other offensive tackles still on the board so uh, and definitely an interesting pickup and, and one that we'll have to wait and see how it plays out but it's a uh, it's a guy with a ton of upside based on his athleticism, and you certainly can can understand why Tennessee likes his game and and, and liked him enough to take him this early.
1: Yeah, Ryan, I was going to discuss this a little bit in the second segment, but I don't want to bury the lead here because I, I think this is the the gist of this entire commitment because I can totally understand why if you're a Tennessee fan out there and, and you're listening, you're, you're probably a Tennessee fan if you're listening to this podcast. Either that, or You really, really hate Tennessee enough to listen to the podcast, which either way, we appreciate you listening, but um, – The deal on this, I think, you just mentioned it right there. This is a young man who has not played a single snap of offensive line in a game. He has played football organized for one year at the high school level, did not play offensive line, played defensive line. Tennessee is offering him as an offensive lineman. Tennessee is taking his commitment as an offensive lineman. And so my point is this. Let me get to the point here. This is early in the process relatively speaking still you know there's there's not a ton of commitments out there not a lot of schools have already loaded up there are plenty of open spots out there and and Tennessee is looking at a lot of offensive tackles we know how much of a need that is on this current team we know how much of a need that is in this current class and and some of us have even speculated that if they found the right one in the portal you know they would go that route and look for that this year but my, my point is this if Tennessee's going to take this kid's commitment right now, I understand that, that, that he is not rated yet. I understand that if you're a Tennessee fan, you're sitting there going, well, Bama and Georgia are loading up on these five stars and all these other guys, and now Tennessee's taking 270-pound guys who haven't played high school offensive line. I understand that. But if Tennessee wants to take his commitment, with so many other prospects still uncommitted and interested in Tennessee, Tennessee has to like this kid, Right.
0: Yeah, I, I think there are two things that tell you how much Tennessee likes Brian Grant. First of all, I, I mentioned it before, it's the early offer. Um, you know, Glenn Ellerby, I don't know if he had been officially announced as Tennessee's offensive line coach when they made that offer. Uh, we saw a few offers slip out where kids were still tagging Glenn Ellerby on tweets, even though he had not been officially introduced. They were trying to kind of keep that under wraps for a little while and not not have too many of those offers come out. But some did, and this was one of them. Um, So Brian Grant got that offer literally 13 days after Josh Heupel was introduced as Tennessee's coach. Um, That's significant to me. And they had just offered him at UCF the day before Josh Heupel was hired at Tennessee. So it's clearly a situation where Heupel staff was, you know, scouring for offensive linemen, probably in the 2022 class, starting to, uh, to look ahead to that class and found, found this kid's film or maybe he was brought to their attention and they liked him. And the fact that they, didn't hesitate at all to offer him once they got to Tennessee is telling to me and then the other thing is don't forget where we are in the recruiting calendar it's the middle of May we're a little more than two weeks away from visits in camps starting after more than a year of long dead period so it would be really easy if Tennessee had any reservations at all about a kid like Brian Grant to say hey you came up last month for the spring game and liked it why don't you come up and make the trip again and work with us at our camp? Sure. Uh, they have hardly any power five competition for him right now. It would be really easy to do that. And when you look at the offensive line board, I'm sure a lot of fans are, are probably wondering why Tennessee didn't do that because you've got Ryan Brubaker, the four-star offensive tackle from Pennsylvania, coming on official visit next month. Fisher Anderson, in-state four-star offensive tackle, visiting next uh, – they're hoping at some point to get him on campus next month. We'll, we'll see if that happens, but they're still heavily in the mix for him. Um, Leighton Nelson, another offensive tackle from the Orlando area. They've really liked at UCF and at Tennessee now. And again, offered him early. He's coming on official visit next month. Uh, Ryan bear from Ohio, another, a a bigger offensive tackle coming on official visit next month. You got all these other options out there and that's not the full list. There's still a couple others in state, Patrick Kudis in Memphis, Grayson Morgan at NBA in Nashville, plenty of tackle options on the board. And you still not only take Brian Grant now but you don't wait for him to come to camp and work out for you when you've never seen him work on the offensive line. That to me tells me this staff not only likes him quite a bit, they love him and want to get him in this class early before someone else finds him basically. Because remember, if he waits to camp, that's the the flip side of this. He might go camp other places and other schools might find him. So I think this is clearly one of those situations where Tennessee feels they've got a good evaluation on this kid early and they don't want anybody else to accidentally find him. And, and make his recruitment much more heavily contested than it is right now. So get him in the boat and, and don't let that possibility happen and take a guy you really like.
1: I suppose the most cynical among us could say if a situation needs to work out later where a bunch of four stars or five stars do want to commit, then maybe, you know, we know what direction that could go. But in all seriousness, I, I think when you look at this, this has to mean this staff either really likes him or um, they're crazy. So, or, or both. I mean, it could, be, I guess it could, in theory be both of those things. But when a staff is this insistent on a player this early in the process and and knows what it wants and, and is very, very adamant about saying, no, we want this kid in the class, that usually says something. and and for the style that Tennessee wants to play, um, maybe this is the kind of offensive tackle they want. You know, let's not forget Tennessee had some previous staffs who, You know, when Jeremy Pruitt got there, they changed that, and they started going for guys who were already 300-plus pounds coming out of high school. Uh, This staff is doing what a lot of other staffs have done before at Tennessee and other places, which is maybe look at guys who will fill into their frame so they're more athletic, which, again, I'm not saying one way is better than the other way because I've said it now, I'll say it again, I'll say it until I'm blue in the face – I know less about offensive line technically than any other position on the football field. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you I can grade all of these guys and know exactly what's the best kind of guy to go after. These guys know this game a lot more than I do. All I'm saying is there are two different ways to go about this. You can either get guys who need to trim down a little bit usually or you can get guys um, who you want to put good weight on and not take bad weight off of. Am I wrong about that, Ryan? I mean, very few offensive linemen seem to come into college – like at a perfect size and strength because normally if you're 300 plus pounds out of high school, uh, you're not the right kind of 300 plus pounds. Am I wrong about that?
0: Well, not not all of them are. So the the five-star types the ones that often.
1: There are some freaks who defy things, but I'm, I'm speaking generally.
0: Yeah, and that, so that's where I basically the recent data, and and Charles Power, who used to work for us at 24-7 Sports, has done a great job of breaking this down every yeah, he's, year. he's really and good. Th- for
1: for people who don't follow him, go follow Charles Power on Twitter and watch his yeah. stuff for 24-7. He's, he's really, really, really good.
0: good. Good follow, especially around NFL draft time, and he's had some recent data on this. And basically the numbers show in recent years especially that offensive linemen in, in general, but particularly tackles, you, there tend to be a handful of early draft picks that are that were around 300 pounds or maybe 290 coming out of high school, but the ones who are that end up being early draft picks are usually the guys who were no-brainers. They were the five-star types coming out of high school. You don't find many of the three stars who were 300-plus uh, coming out of high school who, who just stay around that weight and, and make the NFL a, a, as an early draft pick. There are some, probably, but not as many of those. They tend to be the five-star types who, who weigh that much already. And generally, outside of those obvious five-star and high four-star types that are that are considered kind of no-brainer talents, the the draft data kind of shows that you're usually better off going with the guys who need to fill out their bodies a little bit more. The, the Eric Fisher types, of course, you know, the guy that was the number one overall draft pick for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, several years ago. Uh, you know, guys like that who are, are considered maybe a little bit of a project coming out of high school, but... That's what you want. You want athleticism that can continue to fill out and retain some of that athleticism as opposed to taking a 320-pound guy who's maybe a step slow and needs to trim down a little bit and drop some weight. We've obviously seen two totally different schools of thought on that, I think, from Tennessee's former staff to the current staff. And that's not to say this staff is not recruiting 300-plus-pound linemen because they are. There's Addison Nichols, another guy visiting next month on official visit uh, is a, is a guy with Tennessee ties who's over 300 pounds right now could play guard or tackle. um, But the staff likes him a lot. And there's, you know, there are guys like that they're recruiting. So they're not all in on the 270, 280, 260 types, but
1: they really like, they really like this one.
0: Yeah. But there, but there are a good number of tackles in that 260 to 280 range that they are pretty heavily recruiting. And so they obviously tend to like that athleticism, I think when they're looking for tackle types. So, Uh, it it fits right into that mold. And I think there's a lot, you know, again, that, that recent draft data shows, it's not a bad approach to take when you're looking for guys with really high ceilings who could be early draft picks one day. Uh, certainly it can be boom or bust in some cases. Some of those guys aren't going to pan out ideally. Um, and, and some are going to work out great. So you, you never really know. But again, this staff, I think really likes Brian Grant to be taking him at this point in the recruiting calendar with all those possibilities left on the board they've got a big need at tackle. That's the other part of it too. You want multiple tackles in this class, uh, at least guys who can play there because they really need some depth at that position moving forward. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing to take a guy who might need some time to develop at that position, knowing you probably need, you know, ideally at least three tackles probably in this class, but, uh, it's still a, it's a very interesting take. And I think it tells you that this staff is really sold on Brian Grant, despite him being a relative unknown in recruiting circles, uh, this early in the cycle,
1: yeah, and Ryan, you just hit on a word uh, that the D word, development. Uh, that's something I think we're going to need to come back and discuss in the second segment because I, I want to talk quickly from a from a kind of a global perspective how much more you know player development now will be the key for Tennessee. Not that it wasn't before, but. I think it really might be now. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, uh, step away, pay some bills, listen to some products, services, in-house ads, other fun things. Come back, talk about Tennessee's offensive line recruiting in this cycle and talk a little bit about that D word. And no, not that D word you're thinking about. Get your head out of the gutter. Hashtag ad. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on just a beautiful, beautiful uh, mid-May afternoon, mid-May Monday afternoon here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, speaking with Ryan Callahan, uh, the recruiting czar at Govals 24-7 from his uh, clown, car, clown car full of children. I did it again. His home daycare center the clown car full of children, whatever. It's Ryan. There's a whole bunch of kids there. That's just how it goes. We're talking about Tennessee's new football commitment, Brian Grant from Choctawatchee High School. And Florida, six foot eight, two hundred and sixty-five, two hundred and seventy-ish pound uh, offensive tackle prospect, a young man who did not play high school football until last year, and he played uh, defensive line, not offensive line. So this is certainly a, a kind of a bolt out of the blue commitment, if you if you will, for Tennessee. This is a bit of a surprise, um, but one that they are probably very very excited about because why else would they take a young man who's not rated at this point in the process, and he's only got one other Power Five offer? Well, the reason for that's pretty simple they really like him now can were they right we we don't know time will tell Um, but that leads me to to what I want to talk about here a little bit in the second segment Ryan which is the development word with where Tennessee is right now as a program uh, and, and I know that there are there are people who will be unhappy about this because that's just that's just where Tennessee football's been lately it's been making people unhappy we can't dance around that. We can't deny that. We're not going to put our heads in the sand. Um, we're, we're, we, we always come straight over the top, straight straight over the top, honest with you here on the Go Voss 24-7 podcast. Tennessee is in a tough spot right now as a football program. Josh Heupel and his staff have a lot of excitement. They're trying to create a lot of buzz, um, and, and they've got some players that are bought in right now, and they're going to need that because right now, I, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. I don't think Tennessee's going to go on a big run and get some, you know, five-star, high four-star types like they did uh, under the the past previous administration there, because those guys were really good on the recruiting trail. Tennessee's got the NCAA stuff hanging over its head. Tennessee went three and seven last season. Tennessee's in a, another rebuilding mode. Tennessee's got some work to do. So, with that being said, this staff is going to have to hit on these commitments. And they're gonna have to develop them because that's the way this program's gonna get back. Am I wrong about that?
0: No, no, I don't think that's wrong. Now, I I will say this. I think people expecting this to be a class just full of three stars are probably assuming a bit much because this staff is still in on some on some four-star talent. They're they're gonna get history shows you even in in tough times like this, you know, this may be more of a test, but I, I still think Tennessee's gonna get its fair share. We can still see a path to several four stars being part of this class. Now, is it five? Is it 10? That's to be determined, you know, but I, I still think Tennessee's going to get its fair share of good players. But to your point, you can't count on going out there and and just being able to win one big recruiting battle after another. We're, we're not seeing them in play for all that many four stars in Georgia and places like that where Tennessee historically has been uh, fairly involved uh, with, with the number of the top players in the state, depending on the, you know, from one class to the next, that can vary. But Uh, it's going to be more of a challenge this year. So yeah, they are going to have to cast a wider net in some cases and, and get a little more creative. And uh, but, you know, I I think that's also where this staff, you know, a guy like Glenn Ellerby, he's been at Missouri, he's been at UCF. I I think you like that uh, a staff like that is used to doing more with less in some cases uh, because they can see maybe high ceiling talent where other people can't uh, or, or where it's, where it's harder to find maybe. So, uh, I, I think in a take like this with Brian Grant, I, I, if I'm a Tennessee fan, it takes a leap of faith. I understand that. But I, I also, what, what can you say aside from you've got to trust the staff that, um, that this is a, a long athletic guy that's got a ton of upside, and if they like him that much, hey, let's give him the benefit of the doubt for now. Like that, that's, that's kind of how you have to approach it because, again, relative unknown or, or, or not, they clearly – must have him at the you know pretty high on their offensive tackle board and I think that is the case so uh but they they're, they're going to have to develop guys like that though these guys don't come in ready to go day 1 especially a guy like Brian Grant who's not played a down on the offensive line in high school and has one year of high school football under his belt you like that there's a ton of upside there the flip side is he's got a long way to go he's got a lot to learn about being an offensive lineman you don't expect him to be a day one contributor or anything like that but they clearly feel that a couple years down the road this is the guy who can help sort of be the foundation of their offensive line in two, three years, and it's worth taking a chance on that potential because of what they've seen on film. So time will tell, obviously, but it's one of those positions or one of those pickups in this class, I think, where you don't see as much early impact potential because he is such an unknown and hasn't played on the offensive line before. But he, w- he will this year. It's worth noting He's his new coach at his school plans to play him more on the offensive line, plans to let him focus primarily on that position, maybe play a little bit on the defensive line. But instead of playing all D-line, no offensive line this year, it's going to be focusing more on offensive line and helping to prepare for his future. So that, that at least should give Tennessee a better idea before he gets there of kind of what they're getting.
1: A couple things that you mentioned there uh, that got my attention. One, or, or, or to, to, to bring up to that, to add to that, I've mentioned this before on this podcast many times, but a lot of times coaches, college coaches, like guys who have not played a ton of high school football because they don't have many bad habits to break. Um, You know, a lot of times it's great to have a player who's played a lot, played football growing up, yada, yada. He knows the game. He understands those things. And there are benefits to that. Um, But one of the the negatives to that is a lot of times they've not – they're not getting SEC caliber coaching at the Peewee level and at the high school level, generally speaking. Some high school coaches are fantastic, uh, and, and high school coaching is probably better than it's ever been. But there's a difference still between that and, and sort of SEC caliber coaching. And you're going to have a lot of things that you're going to have to to, to kind of wean a kid out of, a lot of bad habits, a lot of things that are, that, that are tough to break. But if you're building him – uh, from from very little, then you don't, you know, you can just kind of teach them the right way from the beginning. And that's something that can help. I've heard coaches mention that many times before. The second thing is, Ryan, you mentioned LRB in Missouri. And how many times over the past twelve years or so have Tennessee fans looked at either an offensive line or defensive line in Missouri and said, man, where did those guys come from? Because they've had really, really good line of scrimmage play, generally speaking, as a program for a while now, and they're not getting a lot of five-star types to Mizzou. That's never really been their way. I know there have been a couple, but they developed those guys, and they've developed – I mean, a lot of times in the recent history, they've everybody knows they're D-line Zoo, but they've had some really, really good offensive lines too. And that's just something that came to mind there because a lot of those guys uh, were built up kind of from from nothing. And you look at places like Wisconsin, they're not knocking down the door with five stars every year, but every year they make just this phenomenal offensive line. Different style from what Tennessee wants to do um, because Wisconsin just kind of wants to run down your throat. Uh, and that's not what and I think hype on those guys is a different kind of offense. But same point offensive linemen can be developed they can really be developed. They can come out of nowhere and they can be really good players so with that being said ryan tennessee before we get out of here tennessee's offensive line class as a whole what do you think tennessee needs number wise in this class how would you like to them to divide that up by position just sort of a, a general snapshot uh, of where things are and where things would ideally be for the o-line in this class
0: yeah, I, I think some of that, frankly, could depend on whether Tennessee faces any penalties uh, in, in this class because of, uh, obviously, the NCAA investigation. Uh, if, if there are any scholarship losses that apply to the 2022 class, that might limit your potential to, to address that position. And you have so many needs on defense, too. Uh, you know, do, do you end up taking five defensive backs in this class, along with you know, a couple inside linebackers, a couple edge rushers? five defensive linemen you know if you do that most of your class is going to be on defense that's not going to leave as much for volume on the offensive line so it's a big need I think you need at least four total offensive linemen probably given where they are Um, my my guess would be that's about the right number Uh, and and then if the if you end up being able to sign a full class of 25 maybe it grows to five Um, but I, I don't see them taking any more than that just given all their other needs I think four to five is the number and then you know, as far as where, where the position breakdown goes, I think it's going to skew heavily toward tackles. I think you I think you ideally want most, if not all, of the linemen in this class to have the ability to play tackle. Uh, I don't think you want all true tackles. Maybe uh, I think this might be a class where you take say three true tackles and one guy who's sort of a swing guy who could be an interior or tackle guy, uh, just depending on how he develops. So so that gives you some flexibility and and a lot of tackles these days are versatile enough. They could play other positions. They could slide inside to guard easily, Uh, but center, not a huge need probably right now, given what they have with Cooper Mays being a sophomore and and having a few years left. And, you know, guys like Javante Spragans, who could probably play there in a pinch, Jerome Carvin, uh, not as much of an immediate need there. So for this year, to me, it's all about filling out the tackle depth chart and, and and maybe getting a guy who can, who can play inside or out and and giving you some options there. And that's where maybe an Addison Nichols could come into play uh, because of his build and skill set. So, Tackle again was the is the top need, and there's there's a reason they're going after a guy like Brian Grant. So this it's a good start, but they've still got some work to do, and probably need at least a couple more who can play tackle in this class.
1: Yeah, of course you can always you know you can recruit guys who specifically you want them to play center, so they can play center or guard, uh, and then you can recruit guys and say you know what I'd like for you to play tackle, but if you can, I bet you can play guard. It seems to be sort of the old-fashioned, you know, coaches want to see if a guy can play tackle because that would be ideal. And if he can't, well, he's probably good enough to play guard. So, And I yep. know it's it's not it, – that, that's kind of an old trope, and I know football is a more specific thing now, so it's not necessarily that way all the time now. But that still seems to be kind of the two ways to recruit a lot of linemen is you recruit guys and say, you know what, you're definitely an interior guy. You can move well enough to be center. Or, you know what, with your length and your hand size – you know, you might be able to play tackle, and if you can't, you can still play guard.
0: Yep, and and another thing on, on Brian Grant, you know, we there are a couple sports in particular where you see multi sport ability that shows up that impresses college coaches. Sometimes the two that stand out to me are wrestling and basketball. Um, coaches often love wrestling because it's so good about helping players uh, learn leverage and uh, hand hand placement and things like that that are really handy. Uh, in, in learning to be a good offensive lineman at the college level, so college coaches often tend to love offensive linemen who are wrestlers. But you also really like offensive linemen who are basketball players because that's a sport that develops explosion. Obviously, shows athleticism, um, can help with projecting things like recovery speed. You know, if you're getting beat off the edge, if you've got quick feet, you can get back there and and, and save your quarterback from getting hit. Um, you can you can obviously have the athleticism to match up with some of these really athletic pass rushers you're going to see in the sec uh and if you got the explosion to 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 go up and get a rebound and jump 32 inches off the ground or 34 whatever it is um that that speaks a lot to just your overall ability and your bend and things like that so there's, there's a lot that college coaches can read into those two sports in particular. So the fact that Brian Grant's got a background in basketball, I think there's a lot to like about that in terms of projecting him uh, as a college offensive lineman. So not not the, not the end-all be-all, but you know w- William Parker from, from Nashville, a guy that played basketball in high school, there, there are definitely a lot of guys like that out there, and, and college coaches like to see that when they can find it.
1: You know what? I really like those, and I'll add one to that quickly before we step out of here, Ryan. I like wide receivers and DBs who play baseball. Um, I really, I think the hand, yeah. eye, I think the hand-eye coordination and the ability to track a ball in the air helps you so, so, so much in that position. You don't see a lot, uh, just a ton of wide receivers and DBs who also play baseball. But I really like the ones who do. I think that's, you know, that, that's something that that Jeremy Pruitt mentioned, and I, I'm surprised that more coaches haven't mentioned it because I think it, it does, you know, that hand-eye coordination is super, super important for those positions. I, I would add that, Ryan. Anything else before we step out of here? You got anything else?
0: Uh, no, well, uh, we'll see where things continue to go as we, you know, we've talked about it for weeks as we inch toward that June 1st date where everything starts to kind of get wild with visits and everything happening again. But you know, Tennessee's just continued to build momentum, it's been transfer commitments a lot lately. But you know, here we are, this class that was slow to build up to five commitments already. Uh, after the first one came on April 14th, it's been a pretty steady flow, uh, since then. So, so Tennessee's really really got things going it's interesting how different the perception of this class is in just a little over a month but uh you know again the addition of brian grant not one that on its own is uh the the star power is not going to get people's attention but i think they feel they've got five players in this class who are a really good foundation for tennessee to go uh to have going into the summer and we'll see if anything happens between now and june 1st
1: i think that makes a lot of sense thanks for the time ryan appreciate it man Thanks, Wes. And guys, before we step out of here, I do want to mention this. I should have mentioned it coming out of the break, but for the first time in a while, I forgot to do that, so I'll mention it now. Guys, please take a couple minutes out of your day right now and go in and rate and review this podcast. Please hit the subscribe button. If you're just listening on the website, we really, really appreciate that. We, However you want to listen, that's awesome. We love you being here, and we really, really thank you for making uh, a part of your day, whatever day it is, part of that day with us. We do appreciate it. But what would really help us is if you go, into your, go to your laptop, go to your, your smartphone, go to your tablet... Go to your podcast app, your favorite one, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartTune, and Stitcher. We're on every podcast platform that pretty much exists out there. So go out there, hit the subscribe button, and please rate and review this podcast. There's nothing you can do that would help us more than that. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell every Tennessee fan you know, put it on social media, spread the love, let people know about it, um, but also uh, you can do so much by just rating and reviewing this podcast that that helps us so much that helps the algorithms that these people have set up uh these brainiacs have set up to 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 get the algorithms to to get people what they're interested in so go do that and, and more tennessee fans will go find this and we will add more wolves to our wolf pack so now that i've gotten that out of the way i will go ahead and look for the button and there it is Guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We always do. We always say it, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making a part of your day spent with us. We appreciate it. You can find all of us on social media, guys. I'm Wes Rucker 24 7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24 7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P Brown 24 7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. You can also find, uh, if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can go get that at twitter.com slash GoVols247. That one is all Vols all the time. You can also go to facebook.com slash twenty 247 And there is tons and tons of Vols stuff on there around the clock, pretty much every hour throughout the day, all the time. There's so, so, so many things on that Facebook page. But you know what's even better than that? Getting that delicious East Tennessee Mountain spring water right from the tap. Ronnie Millsap, Smoky Mountain Ranch. Just go get it at GoBalls247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, the the top four Tennessee baseball team chasing an SEC title down the stretch, hoping to get to Omaha. Tons and tons of good stuff about that team right now on Tennessee. GoVols247.com. Also, Lady Vols coverage with Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us all the time. She is all Lady Vols all the time, and she means it. She will get you everything you ever want to know about one of the best women's athletic programs in the history of college sports. All kinds of good stuff on there. Or you can go to our forums that are on there. we got two forums running around the clock. we got the the Summit, and we got the Checkerboard. Go there all the time, guys. We have got stuff on there. It's like this podcast. But, but so much more, and it's in written form, and you can get every story that we've written. You can have conversation with Tennessee fans. You can talk about Vol sports. You can talk about any other kind of sports you want. Talk about life. As long as it's not political or religious in nature, we will let you go in there and fire away, guys. That's what we're here for, a digital water cooler to sit around, waste time. Why would you work? when you could go be with us at GoVoss247.com. Go check it out. You get all that for the low, low price of less than one freaking mediocre lunch per month. That's all it costs. You can try the free trial which will probably want to stay. And when you do that, it's less than one mediocre lunch per month, even less than that if you pay for it on, on an annual basis. And if you pay the full price, you get access in perpetuity. As long as you're a full paying member with us, you get access to Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. Every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. New movies every single month. All kinds of good stuff on there. Tons of new movies, tons of old movies. Uh, you get live sports, vol sports, uh, SEC sports, NFL, NCAA, like March Madness, NCAA Tournament, all that stuff's on there. You get PGA Tour, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, and stuff from the catalogs of Comedy Central, MTV, BET, Smithsonian, and Nickelodeon. All of that, a 100 dollars annual value, commercial-free, that we will give you for nothing. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from us on Thursday, unless there's big breaking news before then. So until then, be freaking nice to each other. There's too much nasty stuff out there right now in the world. Be nice to each other. Just give it a shot. Is that too much to ask? I don't think it is. Just just be nice to each other. Try it. Try it on for size. PSA out. See ya.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.